welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org. Okay, well, it's great, as Justin said, to have David and Christine West with us, and Dave's going to come and, well, he might preach, who knows what God's got, but uh, we're going to give him opportunity to come and do what God's told him to do. How about that? <laughs> Cheers, bro. Thanks. I stand up and you all leave. I am so secure. Excellent. So good. I love the family stuff. I really do. Um, God's favorite. God has lots of names, doesn't he? But he has a favorite name. Jay's favorite name? Because we're familiar with, you know, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, all these names. They're, They're all things that he does. Okay. But his favorite name defines who he is. His favourite name. His favourite name defines who he is, which is our Father, yeah, hallowed be your name. So God loves family, because he chose to define his relationship with us under the new covenant as father and family, yeah? So if you want to know what God is like, he's like a good, good father. And... um, I'm not sure I've ever preached in a place with all these chandeliers before. It's awesome. I've, I've preached in a bar before. Um, <clears throat> we did a, an Alpha series, and I spoke on that. But, uh, yeah, it's the poshest bar I've ever been in. So uh, we don't even like this down south. Really don't. Not that I visit many bars, you understand. Just, not what I do. Um, <clears throat> Calvary changed everything, didn't it? Calvary changed everything. The cross changed everything. The shed blood of Jesus changed everything. It changed everything. Oh, there's people back there. Stand up here. It changed everything about how we relate to God. Okay? And we moved from an old covenant to a new covenant. Okay? And uh, we don't live under the old covenant, do we? We all know that. Yeah? So none of us are going to go home today and sacrifice sheep in the garden. If you've been doing that, please stop. Okay? It's, it's not appropriate and you've got no lunch. Yes. Um, so, so Calvary changed everything about how we relate to God and about how God relates to us. So the old covenant was, was, was all about there is a price to be paid for sin and you have to pay it. Yeah? The old covenant was all about what you do, how you behave. Judgment fell on the sinner yeah? And, and judgment was swift. Okay? And Calvary changed all of that. Yeah? Who did judgment fall on for our sins at Calvary? The answer is always Jesus. Okay? Um, so, so Jesus paid the price. So everything changed. Everything changed. Who, who's ever heard a sermon on love before? You ever heard a sermon on love? Yeah, we've all heard a sermon on love. Millions of sermons on love. Well, this, this is a sermon on love that that is going to drive a bus through other sermons on love you've heard, I'm afraid. So it's time to open your hearts, open your minds, and open your Bibles. Because everything we're going to talk about, you'll find in Scripture. It's just that we're going to find some stuff in Scripture that, that 
that's always... Have you, have you ever... Have you ever, you've been reading your Bible for years, yeah? Uh, and, and suddenly you read something you've not seen before. Right? <clears throat> well, we're going to look at a scripture this morning that, that has some stuff either side of it that, um, that I missed for a very long time. I missed for a very long time. Um, <clears throat> What are the two greatest commandments? Those of you who are with us over Saturday and, and Friday you know I like asking questions. And the, the challenge is to know which is the trick question. All right, so I'll give you a clue when it's a trick question. This is not a trick question. What are the two greatest commandments? Love God. How, how are you supposed to love God? Hands up all the people managing to love God with all of their soul, all of their heart and all of their mind. Anybody managing that? I did it once for a few seconds. Yeah? <coughs> and the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we've heard those taught, haven't we? Here's my question. And uh, if you want to find that scripture, it's in Matthew 23, verse 37. Don't look at it yet. Don't look at it yet. Because here comes the trick question. Are you ready for the trick question? Those two commandments... Are they old covenant or are they new covenant? Hands up those who think it's new covenant. Hands up those who think it's old covenant. Hands up those who want to play it safe and vote both. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. You're in for a shock. You, You know that when Jesus told us those two commandments... He was answering a question. Yeah? So to understand the significance of those two commandments, we must understand the question he was answering. Okay? So, look in your Bibles, because this will make you feel better. Matthew 22, verse 35. One of them, one of the crowd, a lawyer, asked him a question testing him. This is the question Jesus was answering. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? So Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment under the law? We do understand the law and the old covenant are synonymous. We're not under law anymore, are we? No, we're not. You're not sure where this is going, are you? (laughs) You stopped answering questions. So the greatest commandment in the law is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's the greatest commandment. And this is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole of the law and the prophets. Okay? So the two greatest, don't look so worried, Justin. It it all works out okay in the end. (laughs) Two greatest commandments under the law are love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are old covenant commandments. So the good news is we don't have to love God and we don't have to love each other. So all the people you want to get your own back on, feel free. No. Who knows that the requirements of the old covenant are always higher than the requirements of the... So the requirements of the new covenant are always higher than the requirements of the old covenant. Always. So under the old covenant, you you could be as filthy-minded as you like as long as you didn't do anything. Under the new covenant, 
you have to keep a clean mind as well as clean behaviors. Because under the new covenant, you know, to even lust after somebody is sin. That wasn't the case under the old covenant. The old covenant, the sin, was doing something about it. <clears throat> so the requirements of the new covenant are always higher because they work on the basis of we are new creations and transformed on the inside. So if the old covenant was love God with everything you've got, what on earth is the higher requirement of the new covenant? And if the old covenant was love your neighbor as yourself, what on earth is the higher requirement of the new covenant? Would you like to know? Okay. We'll we'll do people first. Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Come on, it's in scripture. It's not a trick question. That you love one another. Okay, Jesus gave them a new commandment. It was a new commandment because it replaced an old commandment. Are you with me? So which is easier? To love people like you love yourself, to love people who are like you, to love people who like the things you like, or to love people the way Jesus loved them? Ooh. See, under the old covenant, I just have to love people like I love myself. Yeah? So I get to treat you the way I like to be treated. We talked a lot about love languages. You know, my wife's love language is gifts. Um, You know, so you know that that, that love language stuff, yeah? Under the old covenant, you got to love people like you loved yourself. The trouble is, we don't always love ourselves very well, do we? Yeah? And, and we tend to hate in others the things we hate in ourselves. And we, we tend to do things for others to make them happy that would make us happy. Old covenant. New covenant is we get to love people like Jesus loves them. Which means you get to love people who aren't like you. You get to love people who think differently from you. And there are nations in the world who could really learn that lesson right now. Um, you, you get to love people who, who enjoy doing different things to you. Gosh, you get to love people you wouldn't normally associate with. You get to love people who would do you harm. You get to love people who would do you good. It's a much higher requirement. And it breaks down a partisan spirit. It breaks down walls and it includes everybody. It's a higher requirement than the old covenant. All right? You with me? Excellent. So now we'll do the God bit, shall we? What on earth could be a higher requirement than loving God with everything you've got? Well, Calvary changed everything. Before Calvary, under the old covenant, it all depended on what we did. And under the old covenant, as we've just discovered, that even loving one another was very you-centered, very self-centered, all about you and what you could do for other people based on who you were. Under the old covenant, our relationship with God depended entirely on, uh, on what we did, on the sacrifices we offered, and on, on judgment coming on us. Under the new covenant, the emphasis shifts from how well we love God to how well God loves us. 
The shift is complete. Where would you rather your confidence be? How well you're loving God or how well God is loving you? The answer is Jesus. The answer is, yeah, we would rather put our confidence in his love for us than our love for him. Now, love belongs on both parts of a relationship. You know, you understand that. You know, I'm not saying we don't get to love God. But where we put the emphasis, where we put our security, where we put our foundation, where, where we put everything has to change under the new covenant. Our emphasis has to be entirely on how well he loves us. Do you like some scriptures for that? Excellent. I'm glad you like scriptures. <clears throat> First thing we need to understand, and, and uh, John tells us this in 1 John 4, God is love. Okay? <clears throat> All love originates with God. Yeah? If there was no God, there would be no love. <coughs> Why do you love God? Say again. Yeah, 1 John 4 again tells us. <clears throat> the only reason you have any affection and love for God is because he first loved you. And when you realized he loved you, it stirred up and provoked a love in you for him. That was the way around it started. He loved you when you were far off and hated him or were indifferent towards him. And who knows that sometimes being indifferent can be more damaging than being hateful. Yeah? You only love God because he first loved you. And the new covenant defined, redefined our love relationship with our Heavenly Father. And again, 1 John 4 is a really good chapter to read. Yeah? Because it's all in there. Herein is love. This is how love under the new covenant is defined. Herein, this is what love is. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. The love in our relationship has to be defined by his love for us, not our love for him. Because if it's defined by your love for him, you can have good days and bad days in how connected you are with God. If your love is defined by his, if your relationship is defined by his love for you, who knows he doesn't have a bad day? He doesn't get up in the morning and go, I never realised that about you. Yeah? Guess I better rethink my commitment. Yeah? You, you don't do something bad and then, and then God go, didn't see that coming. You, God, God's never disillusioned with you because he had no illusions about you in the first place. Okay? You've been disillusioned with yourself. Yeah? And, um, and we mentioned this yesterday. So often, when we do something wrong, sin, yeah, when, when we do things that under the old covenant would have broken our relationship, yeah, we punish ourselves. Yeah? And we punish ourselves to prove how sorry we are. So we, we don't pray, or we don't worship, or we don't go to church, and you should take a few weeks out to show how sorry you are. You know, or you should sit in the back row. Now, so if you like sitting in the back row, sit in the back row and enjoy it. But don't sit there because you're doing some self-imposed pro, uh, penance. Okay. How quickly can you get back into God's presence after you sin? All those want about two days? 
one day. You, you do realize that your sin doesn't separate you from God anymore. Yeah? It doesn't. Do you know there's no condemnation? Even when you sin. This is outrageous stuff. It's outrageous. In fact, it's so outrageous that when you follow its logical conclusion, Paul said it's possible to arrive at the position that if you want to know more grace, sin more. No, it's don't be daft, message version. Okay? Grace is that good. His love for you is that good. Which disciple did Jesus love the most? John. Who tells us Jesus loved John the most? John. (laughs) It appears three times in the New Testament, and each time it's in John's Gospel. It's wonderful. It it appears at the Last Supper, when it says the disciple that Jesus loved was slouched all over him. Reclined his head on his breast. No, slouched all over him. Okay? And the other disciples were kind of, you ask him. Yeah? Uh, the other one was at the crucifixion. And then the other one is at the resurrection. Yeah? The, the, the ladies get it first, and they often do, because um, they're more intuitive very often in these things, and they're more willing to believe when they're. Anyway, we'll stay away from that. So, so the, they, the, 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 the men catch up. Okay? We catch up in the end, we go to the tomb. And uh, Peter, and the, the scripture says, Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, ran to the tomb, and the one that Jesus loved got there first. So it's a bit like you and me going, you know, me telling a story of you. Know, Justin and I ran off to church, you know, and the one that Jesus liked most got there first, and he was second. Yeah? <clears throat> Do you really think. Jesus loved John more than the other 12. I'm, I'm not sure he did. Yeah? I'm not sure he did. I think Jesus loved Judas as much as he loved John. Gosh. You know, when Judas came to betray Jesus, he greeted him with the words, friend. I'd have had other words, wouldn't you? Yeah. John was more convinced of God's love for him than the other disciples were. That's the difference. Yeah? It's not that Jesus loved him more. It's just that John believed it more. John believed it more. That's all there was to it. 